Global business news 24 hours a day at Bloomberg.com, the Radio Plus mobile app, and on your radio. This is a Bloomberg Business Flash. From Bloomberg World Headquarters, I'm Charlie Pellet. 13 minutes to go ahead of the close on this Tuesday. The Dow and S&P, they are both lower. NASDAQ is higher. NASDAQ on track for another record close. Right now, the S&P down two points at 2,400, down one-tenth of one percent. The Dow down five, a drop of one-tenth of one percent to 20,975. NASDAQ up 15 to 61.65, up three tenths of one percent. Gold up seven ten the ounce to twelve thirty seven up six tenths of one percent. West Texas intermediate crude down twenty three cents a barrel to forty eight sixty two a drop there of five tenths of one percent. I'm Charlie Pellet and that's a Bloomberg Business Flash. Thank you so much, Charlie Pellet. It is time for the Bloomberg ETF report brought to you by BlackRock. Worried about market volatility. Minimum volatility strategies may be able to help. To learn more, please visit blackrock.com slash factors prepared by BlackRock Investments, LLC. Here are the Bloomberg ETF Report, our own Catherine Cowdery. Active management is alive and well and outperforming, at least when it comes to the four ETFs in the leveraged loan space. The short reason? When it comes to loans or debt, it doesn't say anything about the future. It just means that at one point, lenders were willing to lend this amount of money. So a market cap weighted index isn't exactly the best performer. Lisa Lee wrote this story for Bloomberg News and says since their inception in 2013, the two actively managed leveraged loan ETFs have posted better returns than the two that track loan indexes. There are some companies with a large amount of debt. That can mean that it's actually not a good company, but actually troubled. And if you cannot choose to have those in your index, then you might actually get better performance. The biggest actively managed ETF in this space is a Spider Blackstone Senior Loan ETF, which has returned 9.7% over the past three years. That compares to the 8.7% total return of the biggest passive ETF in the space, the PowerShare Senior Loan Portfolio. That's your Bloomberg ETF report. I'm Catherine Cowdery. You're listening to Bloomberg Markets with Carol Masser and Corey Johnson on Bloomberg Radio. stock market, you start to hear this song every day, trying to find <laughs> the right stocks and the right movement downward. They're all faced with this very problem. He's a portfolio manager at Ridgeworth Capital and joins us right now. And uh, Don, I want, I, you know, I want to break down some of your names, but I, I just think maybe first start with just kind of your take on uh, what, what do you see as different in this market today on a ma- sort of macro level than uh, where we were six months ago? Sure. So uh, thanks for having me on today. You know, six months ago, I think the markets were really excited about the election, uh, finally having some clarity as to who the president was. Uh, you know, with, the, with Trump winning the election, uh, people had high expectations for tax reform, regulatory relief. Uh, animal spirits were showing themselves again with some of the uh, sentiment in the marketplace. Fast forward six months, I think that a lot of the stocks just have high expectations that uh, we're not sure are going to be met. Uh, you know, it, it, anyone that reads the newspaper today knows that Washington's it seems to be in a lot of turmoil. Uh, not sure if we're going to be able to uh, get some of these things done. And uh, so, again, I think that uh, expectations are pretty high. So the bar is set pretty high for a lot of these stocks. Uh, and that's just what makes us, uh, you know, I think the term I'm using now is optimistically cautious as we move forward through 2017. Did you guys, Don, do any positioning as a result of the election outcome? We actually did not. We actually sold some of the uh, stocks that have had big moves. Uh, we were not positioned. 
we were positioned in financials, and that really worked for us in industrials and materials because it's our bottom-up fundamental process of you know, dividends, valuation, fundamentals, uh, not because we were making a bet on the election. And so with the uh, financial stocks having big moves, we've, we've just taken some profits in uh, financials and industrials since then. Uh, let me ask you about retail because I, I see when I look at your holdings uh, as last reported, you see Ralph Lauren, one of your biggest holdings. I know you, you've, you've also got uh, Coach with the uh, Kate Spade deal looking interesting. And I, and I wonder, can you take a macro look? I'd like to break down those names, but I want to specifically sort of sure. look at the, the confusing results we've seen out of retail. Right. Well, we've got one out of two there. Uh, you know, uh, Coach is doing really yeah. well. Um, you know, we got one out of two right. Let's put it that way. Uh, we still own both names. Uh, we, you know, Coach is uh, doing everything right right now. They've, they're going. They went through a big restructuring last couple of years, limiting their distribution, closing some stores, especially in the, uh, you know, the the uh, off price, uh, you know, wholesale channel. Uh, some of the retail outlets they have, they closed some doors there. Uh, really brought in some new design uh, teams added some uh, new brands with the Stuart Weitzman, and now they've bought Kate Spade. You know, Coach is uh, fast becoming a uh, U.S. version of LVMH from Europe, you know, and so uh, I think this is a strategy that could work for them. This Kate deal is very accretive, should take out, be able to take out quite a bit in costs. And, and again, we like that Coach story uh, for that reason. Uh, Ralph Lauren just... Wait, wait, wait. Uh, stop for a second on Coach, though, because you've had to deal with a couple of years. 2014, it was down 33%. 2015, it was down 13%. And finally, last year, we saw some movement because I think people were speculating, okay, finally, maybe they're going to do something. It was up about 7%. But you've had to – I mean, there were a couple years where it's like they have not been able to get it right. And we'll wait to see how this plays out, their strategy, because they're not LVMH. I mean, they're different. Well, they are different, but that's what they're trying to do. Is they're trying to become a a brand a brand company with multiple brands, not just tied to handbags. And so, as they get into Kate Spade, which is more of a lifestyle brand, yes, Kate Spade does handbags, but they do you know everything from weddings to apparel to everything else. And so, and then they've got the shoes with the Stuart Weitzman, and there's some talk of them doing a Jimmy Choo acquisition. These are all things that will really help diversify them, you know, and give them an ability to set themselves up part being tied just to handbags, which had way too much distribution uh, from, uh, you know, with, with different wholesale, uh, retail department stores, outlet stores, the whole thing. So, you know, and we, we were involved we, in the last 12 months when we got involved with Coach, because you're right, you actually, the, the stock did suffer for, for quite a long time as they were going through this restructuring. Unfortunately, we, we, we've, we've owned some Ralph Lauren, and we just might be too early in Ralph Lauren for the exact same reasons. Uh, Ralph is closing down their doors, uh, trying not, not all of them, just trying to bring the number of uh, distribution points down, bringing their SKUs down, and the the thing that's got us most concerned is that Ralph has seen, Ralph Warren seems to have a uh, an air pocket in management. They don't have a CEO right now after an abrupt uh, departure earlier this year. So again, Ralph Warren is one that uh, you know we're trying to be patient with, but we're uh, very much monitoring the fundamentals, and we just think the things seem to be moving in the right direction for Coach. Uh, yeah, Ralph Lauren, I mean, is down 51% in the last couple of years, right? And the other thing is, you know, with these retail names, this is a brand that's so uh, associated with Ralph Lauren himself and kind of this image of his lifestyle and kind of created into the brand. And maybe that brand just doesn't resonate anymore with consumers. You, you 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 might be absolutely right. I mean, I, I, I'm not going to deny that there are some issues with the brand at this point. Uh, I you know you might be right. Um, 
the thing with Ralph Lauren that they have is that uh, he does still control the uh, the creative side of it, and so you know they're sticking to what they're sticking to what they do. They're not doing anything too crazy with it. But maybe um, they should. So but maybe they staple. should. You know what I'm saying? I mean, I'm looking at sales, <laughs> the lack of growth that we've seen over the last couple yeah. of years. You're talking to somebody who knows how to shop. But I'm just saying that. I think for a long time, right, we all bought into that image and people wanted to own a piece of Ralph Lauren because of that image. And, you know, the consumer that's out there, um, I look at my nieces, you know, in their young 20s and my daughter, they don't want to be like everybody else. They want to do something different. Yeah, I, 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 honest, that you might be right. I don't know how to, I don't know how to answer that other than I, what I would say is that the stock is trading at a valuation that reflects a lot of these issues. Mm-hmm. Uh, the stock has a net cash position on the balance sheet, and so there are no, uh, it's not as if they're going to get strangled by debt as some of their competitors are. That will not be the case. And, uh, quite possibly, uh, Ralph Lauren has a very painful road ahead of it where they need to shrink, uh, you know, shrink their, uh, their SKUs, shrink their distribution, shrink a lot of things smaller so that they can grow again at some point in the future. You might absolutely be correct, and I think that is what is so uh, – that's the big debate. That's why this is such a hotly uh, right. debated and uh, you know more volatile stock at this point. The risk and the reward are both there potentially. Potentially, correct. All right, Don, had some fun. Thank you. Nice to get some time with you. Don Wardell, Managing Director and Portfolio Manager at Ridgeworth Capital Management, $3.1 billion in assets under management, and his mid-cap value equity fund up uh, about 23% over the past year. You're listening to Bloomberg Markets. Carol Master, Corey Johnson, and this is Bloomberg Radio.